Okay, that is uh, my buddy Josh Smith, Handsome and the Humbles. That is Stay a While off of their EP, Hallelujah, All Right. My buddy Josh out in Clinton, Tennessee, Handsome and the Humbles. If you're in Knoxville in East Tennessee and you don't know who Handsome and the Humbles are, well, you need to find out who they are. They got a new project out, 400 Cigarettes, a new EP. And at some point, I'm going to get my boy Josh on here. Josh, he needs to get on here. And we need to talk about some Americana music. But today, on the 63rd episode of the Brian Hornback Experience, formerly the Brian Hornback Podcast, one episode that was just the Brian Hornback 30. But in episode 63, we're going to talk about uh, another candidate running for Knox County elective office. That is Dylan Early. Dylan, how are you? I'm good, Brian. How are you? I'm great, man. I'm great. Uh, so uh, you are running as a Democrat, which means... Which means May the third is a freebie for you. That's true. Yes, that is correct. Un- unlike the other county commission race over in the third district, I think there is a contested primary there, but um, no, no uh, primary challenge for you. So re- basically, you're just kind of uh, starting now, and you've got till August the fourth, and yep. you're running for county commission at large seat ten, which is currently held by Larson J, and he's got a primary opponent. And Steve Weiner, so you're just kind of uh, getting getting the freebie, getting to talk to people, talk about what your your vision for uh, county commission is, and then uh, you're waiting to see who you will get to uh, get to contrast and compare with uh, after May third, right? Yeah, yeah, and that's you know that, that's what's the most exciting about this. Of course, you know I, I would have welcomed any primary challenger. You know, I think the more people that get in the race the better you know i think we got a better chance to talk about the issues that way but at the same time now you know i can focus between now and may on just talking to people just getting out in the county you know don't have to worry about anybody slinging anything towards me True. just you know just get out in the county i can really listen to people and that's what i've been doing man you know yep. just door knocking going into the communities and the neighborhoods and just listening to what they're frustrated about and what they really care about. And that's been the best thing about not having a primary opponent so far. So you are an East Tennessean from up around Greene County, right? Yes. I was born and raised in Greene County. Um, went to West Greene High School. Grew up in uh, in the small Greene County side of Bulls Gap. All right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so I'm a Bulls Gap boy. Uh, graduated high school. Went to Carson Newman. Got my bachelor's degree there. And then I spent the last four years working at 21st Mortgage and Finance. Oh, wow. Um you know, so in the meantime, I came to Knoxville as soon as I graduated. I knew I wanted to be here. I've loved Knoxville since I was a kid. You know, so I, I knew at some point I wanted to be here. You know, as soon as I got here, I decided I wanted to, I wanted to start giving back. So I got into a program through my through my work that allowed me to start mentoring some college students on their professional and career development. You know, I was a first generation college student. We didn't we didn't know anything about that. You know, right. my family we didn't know anything about that process. So I knew I wanted to help some of those kids especially those first-generation college students, help them navigate the college world, get them into the professional world. That's been something I've been very grateful to do in my time in Knoxville. Before we get too far away from Bulls Gap, uh, my good friend Kirk Talley, uh, formerly with the – he's a a, uh, Southern Gospel songwriter. 
his brother and sister-in-law, Roger and Debbie Talley. Uh, and uh, and uh, he and Roger uh, grew up in Bulls Gap. And I think Roger and Debbie are still in the Bulls Gap area. But a uh, good Southern Gospel uh, legacy from Bulls Gap. Uh, so, uh, well, it sounds familiar. I feel like that was a maybe a group that had played at the church I went to growing up. Oh, that I'm sure. Awful familiar. I'm sure the tallies have been around. They were. Um, his father was a. Um, I believe it was Red Tally. If I'm, I'm starting to venture too far out. I'm gonna make Kirk hear this since he's been referenced and his family's been referenced. But the tallies. Kurt was a tenor singer with the uh, Cathedral Quartet. Uh, he started with the Hopper. He and his brother were, started with the Hoppers, yeah. uh, and then uh, then uh, he went. Kurt went to the Cathedrals, and then uh, Roger and Debbie just retired this year. Their daughter Lauren Talley is now doing a solo career. Uh, she's now based out of Georgia with her husband Sam Hoyle. So throw out all these names so I can get my Southern Gospel folks listening to the podcast at some yeah. point, but. But uh, anyway, good folks. Uh, the tallies are good people. But uh, yeah, so that's the only infamous, famous people other than Dylan Early that I know from Bulls Gap. So there you go. Anyway. Um, but yeah, so um, uh, you're not, although you're running as a Democrat, uh, I think I've read somewhere where you're a, a reformed Republican or former Republican yeah. or something like that. Talk about that just a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So growing up, I was, you know, I, I was very involved in the Republican Party. Um, even, you know, when I when I was in college, you know, I helped found the Young Republicans chapter in Greene County, and I was their vice chairman for a few wow. years. Um, but you know what? When you know, I wasn't really a supporter of Trump in the beginning, and that's you know, that was something. He I, was he I was my he was my third he was my third choice, but that's yeah. okay. And it, that was something I felt very strongly about. And, you know, the time came, um, at least in Greene County and at some levels here in the state, you know, they're really big on if you hold some sort of office within the, the GOP itself, not an elective office, but like right. I was with the, with the vice chairman, you know, they want you to openly endorse whoever the nominee is. Well, right. You know, I didn't want to support Trump. I was pretty clear about that before he became the nominee. And I had told them that I would likely not endorse him when the time came. Well, the time came and I didn't do it. And the county chair of the G the green county gop well he gave me a call and he said hey man we don't see your endorsement anywhere i've not seen it anywhere on your socials or anything like that and i was like well i've told you before i'm not doing it and he basically said well you've got today to do it or you can leave the party and i said all right i'll see wow. you later so i you know i kind of experienced a period of political homelessness then you know i've still got some of my you know i, I was on barber's podcast a couple of weeks ago and i told him i still got some of my uh conservative streaks in me sure for lack of a better word you know fiscal conservatism is something that's important to me in a lot of settings especially here on the local government you know that's that's one of the reasons i decided to jump into the race is because i i think we're spending money really poorly all over the place right and I just, that's something that's very important to me but to go back to the you know why i changed to the democratic party i just you know well, I, I, mean, I never felt after that that there was a place for me in the GOP, and I, you know, personally, I think the Democratic Party has kind of expanded their tent a little bit. They've they've kind of got a little bit of a big tent. I felt like they had room for me, and I felt like they were willing, at least here on the local level. You know, I, I won't speak to the national level, but sure. at least here on the local level, I feel like they were they had a lot of the visions that I had for Knox County and how we can make the budget better without raising taxes and how we can spend money better in a way 
that supports everyone in Knox County and sure. not just a few of those people on the commission and their buddies. Right. Well, and you know, I mean, uh, we don't, we don't need to necessarily get, I mean, obviously uh, politics is politics, but I mean, you know, if, sure. if you, if you didn't feel like you had a home with the Republicans and, and the, and the Democrats were open, Hey, you know, uh, I mean, I, I don't, I don't, I don't fault you at all for that. I mean, you, you, you go where you go and you, yep. de you definitely want to, you definitely want to feel welcomed. And I think, you know, uh, I, I've told my Republican friends that, you know, Matt Sears is doing as a as a former elected official, as a former school board member myself, as a former Republican Party chairman. Uh, Matt Sears is doing the job that a, that a party chairman is supposed to do. He's supposed to Absolutely. he's supposed to uh, welcome folks who who um, want to serve and who are willing to put their name on the ballot. And, you know, my, my whole thing is as far as my blog and as far as this podcast, you know, anybody that puts their name on the, on, on the line, I, I did that as a 23 year old young man in 1990 came within 112 votes, uh, waited 10 years before I ever ran for office again. But anybody's willing to put themselves through the rigors of, of being exposed and, and, um, open. I'm, I'm, I'm I think everybody ought to, ought to have a fair shake to be heard. So uh, I agree. Well, this is the thing for me, Brian, is I, yes, I'm running as a Democrat, but that's that is not what it's about for me. Yeah, right. especially you know we get so caught up in the partisan stuff on the national level. Yeah, I mean I'm not running for the Democrats in this race. I'm running for Knox Countyans. That's that's the thing for me. I don't you know I I'm a member of the uh, the Dry Hollow Facebook community. Okay, you know I live here in South Knox, and you know we're we're going to attend the zoning meeting tomorrow together. As a oh yeah, that's that's uh, for Thunder. You know, that's, that's for Thunder Mountain, right? Yes. Yeah, because exactly. for the podcasters that are listening, this is uh, being recorded on uh, actually President's Day, February twenty first. So we're talking about a meeting that's going to come up. So let's talk about so while, while we're while we're on that, let's let's kind of talk about what 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 has been your impression with with land use issues and and what do you want to see in the future with land use issues uh, as 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 the at large county commissioner? Sure. Well, you know. My main issue with it is that the community has been removed from the discussion mm. completely. You know, when you have commissioners that are that push the public out, you know, for fear of being, you know, for fear of hurting their own political ambitions, well, that's mm. a problem. For Absolutely. Me. And, you know, Kim Frazier, I don't know how much she and I would agree on, you know, politically, but man, she's doing a really good job of championing this land use movement, especially over there in Hawaii Valley. Well, she ain't she, she ain't she ain't a Johnny come lately. She's been she's she's been doing this work for about a decade now, so she's uh, yeah. she knows what she's talking about. But go ahead. Yeah. Well, and you know, Hawaii Valley is to me is a case study and how we have failed with land use, and I'm not opposed to development. But when the county commission just abandons every tenant of the growth plan that we had in place just to appease these developers, well, that's an issue. And on top of that, they're not having any of the community in the discussion. You know, Larson Jay went on Barbara's podcast last week and he said, well, if the community is really upset about it, they could march down to the county commission and they can let us know. And I'm like, yeah, because well, I know there have been people at signing meetings. Us in South Knox are going to be there tomorrow and nothing's changing. You know, well, he's not listening. He's not listening to any of us. They're still abandoning the tenants of the growth plan. They're still giving concessions on number of units per acre to these developers. And that's an issue. I, You know, I've been in Hardin Valley, Powell's, Hall, and all across South Knox. Nobody's happy about this. Right. When he goes on the compass and says, we as a community have decided to develop this way, I don't know who he's talking about. 
because I haven't talked to a single person that's happy about the way we're doing it right now. Right. Well, and you know, you know, I mean, for, for the commissioner to say, you know, they, they can, they can come down there. I mean, you know, the, the whole tenet of uh, our, our representative Republic is that, you know, we're as, as, as a, in my, my opinion is, you know, uh, public public officials are supposed to be of the people, by the people, and for the people. And, Absolutely. And, and saying that the, the public should come down to the city-county building, first of all, you don't make it very easy because parking nope. is, is a uh, nightmare. Is, is a female dog in its, uh, in, its uh, in, in the most present uh, yeah. language that I can say. And, and then, and then it's certainly is since nine 11, uh, they, they don't make it easy to get into the city County building. Um, you know, God forbid you happen to have a pocket knife on you as you're going through security. Um, so, you know, I mean, it's, I don't know. I mean, you know, you have these meetings that they have these meetings at seven o'clock at night, these zoning meetings at seven o'clock at night, which I mean, I give them kudos for seven o'clock at night because you know at least you're not doing it two o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. But at the same time, I mean, if everybody that wanted to show up from Thunder Mountain and everybody wanted to show up from Hardin Valley actually showed up, you wouldn't have enough yeah. room in the building to to hold them all. Exactly. And, you know, I don't see you know Larson specifically, but with so many of these commissioners, Democrats or Republicans. I don't see them out in the community listening to these issues of land use. Well, I don't see has, them talking to any of these neighborhood groups that has, are concerned about Has it. Carson Daly been over to talk to the community about Thunder Mountain? I'm not aware of that. Right. Uh, just, so, you know, to my knowledge, I'm the only one that's even within the political realm that's been on that Facebook group and talked to oh, them wow. about it. So uh, we make, I made reference to Carson Daly. That's the commissioner for South Knoxville. So the way, uh, for those that are listening that maybe – Hey, you're not in from Knox County or you're new to the whole process. Uh, we have nine uh, commission districts. You have one commissioner from each of those nine districts. And then you have two at large that are supposed to represent all of uh, Knox County. You know, um, I guess the four years before, um, I guess this is our, this will be finishing up the eighth year. Uh, four years before we had two at large commissioners that both were from West Knoxville. One was from like, Sequoia and one was from like Hardin Valley. Uh, that was Bob Thomas and um, Ed Brantley. Those individuals have gone off the commission. Then you now you have Larson Jay, who was from uh, at one point uh, lived down there behind Lake Shore in the in the Lions Bend area. Now he's supposedly moved to West Hills because he's going to build a house in Sequoia, I guess, because he's got further political aspirations. Yep. And then you had uh, Justin Biggs who uh, was from Hall. So ideally it worked out pretty good because you had one from West and one from North, but now both of them, uh, well, Larson's trying to get reelected, but Justin is not. So anyway, um, but yeah, you would think that these, so the idea is that every not every district would have three representatives, right? You would have your, your district person and then you have the two at largest, but um, you know, um, Biggs is running for trustee uh, and, um, and then, uh, Larson's trying to run for reelection. So, um, yeah, it's, um, this has been going on, you know, for a while. I mean, uh, we filled up, we filled up Farragut and, uh, Southwest Knox County where I happen to live. Now they're moving over to Hardin Valley. And then, you know, eventually it's going to go around, you know, they're going to finish filling up Powell and then going over into, 
into Corrington and, and Gibbs and then on to Carter until they get back to where you're at over there in South Knoxville. So well, that's the thing is when I'm, when I moved to South Knox a few years ago, well, people said, well, it's, it's not going to come here. Like it can't come here. And I'm like, well, that's just not true. Like they're going to take what they can get. Like and the County commission is going to give it to them. That's, you know, that's the problem is people thought it would just be contained to Farragut and Hardin Valley. Mm. And I told people, that's not the case. I was like, we've got to do something about it now. And, you know, now we see this stuff with Thunder Mountain. And, again, I'm not opposed to development. What I'm right. opposed to is the community being taken out of the, the equation completely. Well, everybody and should be heard, right? Exactly. You know, and these, everybody in this community, in the dry hall community, is especially concerned about the concession that Thunder Mountain's asking for on the units per acre. You know, the growth plan suggests it's like, I think it's two per acre. And of course, Thunder Mountain's asking for three, and I've got a feeling they're going to get that tonight at the commission or tomorrow night, excuse me, at the at the zoning meeting. Of course, we're going to go in there and fight to make sure that they don't. But you know, I just think there are some commissioners whose loyalties lie with these developers and those people donating to their campaign, and not the people in Knox County. Right now, there's a, when we talk about the Thunder Mountain situation, that's a that's a that's a piece of property that's got a lot of unusable property, right? So. So they're so they're going to try to so if they get if they had two or if they have three, but all that's going to be kind of put onto a smaller piece of property because they got to make up for the part that's not usable, right? Exactly. So they're just going to cram the homes in together, right. and that's that, that's the concern. And of course, it's a beautiful piece of land. I don't know if you've been out there to see it. I, mean, I haven't. You know, I think South. Personally, I'm you know I'm a little biased. I think South Knox is one of our most beautiful communities, but. Man, this piece of land out in the dry hall community is gorgeous. Now, I, I personally would hate to see it just be ruined. Now that is that 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 is out on the um, that that's out Chapman Highway out near um, oh, what's the big church it's there? Near, it's kind of near Food City and Lowe's down in Chapman. Highway. Yeah, 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 right there near John Severe, John Severe and yes. Chapman Highway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, what else? Uh, so we've kind of talked about land use. What other what other things could uh, Will, will county commission be able to uh, see differently when Dylan Early is the uh, at-large county commissioner on September first? How 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 will things be different uh, outside of the the developers being able to have their way with um, with land use? Yeah, well, like I mentioned earlier on the podcast, one of the biggest things that I looked at before I decided to run was the budget. You know, I spent several hours kind of pouring myself into the county budget. And that's like 450 pages. That's a, that's a beast to look yep, through. Yep. But, you know, I, I did it because I knew that that was going to be something I wanted to understand before I got into this race. And of course, when I got into it, I found a lot of things I took issue with. You know, I, I don't think we're giving Knox County schools enough money. I certainly don't think we're paying sheriff's deputies enough money. You know, problem for me is that they, you know, they give raises to the sheriff's department, but I think the last time they did, or maybe the time before, it was just sergeants and up. Yeah. Well, that's kind of an issue for me. I mean, why are we not paying the deputies that are on the ground doing the work? Well, we've had we, there, there's been there's been more turnover in the Knox County Sheriff's Office uh, with officers leaving uh, in the last three years than than we've probably ever seen. Well, Brian, it's the same in Knox County schools because we're not paying teachers enough right. and we're not paying deputies enough. And we have, I think we've got one of the highest uh, position openings in KCS. Like, uh, I think we're top five in the state on mm. that. And I'm sure the sheriff's department is somewhere up there as well. 
you know, these the deputies are on the ground doing the work, man, and we're right. getting sergeants raises. Right. You know, what I saw with the budget was that the county's priorities are just all over the place, and they're not in the right places. You know, we, we keep giving raises to these county offices, and I'm not trying to underscore, you know, what these county offices do, but, you know, no matter who's in office, I don't think the mayor's office needs to be given raises every year or the trustee's office. I certainly don't think county commissioners need to be given raises every year. I mean, that's, I want people in these offices that are doing it for the right reasons, not to go into the office and make six figures. Right. You know, I think that money is better used on people doing the hard jobs. It's not hard to be a commissioner. It's not right. hard to be a, the county trustee. That's not a hard job. We don't deserve the money for that. The people teaching our kids and the people protecting our streets deserve the money, and we're just not giving it to them. Mm. So day one on the county commission, we're going to overhaul the budget. We're not going to raise taxes. We're just going to move money around the things that make sense and that matter to regular people. Well, and, you know, I, I've noticed that with, with uh, Commissioner Jay, I mean, I, I think people can – see on on my on my blog and on on uh probably in in the podcast that you know there's i, I certainly even as a republican have a difference of opinion with mr j but uh you know i mean he, he gives a lot of lip service to having um done these budget workshops i mean in in the one year that um he was vice chair um or no i guess he was chair he was chair um he was chair for one year um you know we really we saw a lot of, we saw a lot of meetings where there was a lot of talk, but you know, we didn't see any real actions. Um, yeah. and so, you know, I mean, it's, um, I don't know. Um, I certainly think that, uh, uh, he should, I, I, as you indicated, I mean, I, I think everybody ought to have to, ought to have to, um, say what, say what they plan to do. And, and I think the voters should, should hold people accountable to, to keeping those promises. Um, what do you think about the uh, the other departments? Uh, we talked about sheriffs. We talked about schools. Uh, what do you think about? Are there are there other concerns in uh, other departments? Uh, Parks and Rec. Uh, any of the others that the, the the current mayor has has that that you've seen that might need to be addressed? Yeah, I, there are definitely other departments I have an issue with. You know, it's it's funny you mentioned Parks and Rec. This isn't something I was going to talk about today. Oh, it's um, it's it's a, it's on my radar. So let's go ahead and talk about it. Well, I've got a friend that I'm not going to name him because no. he's he's been giving me information, but he doesn't want his name be out in public. Sure, but he he's with the Parks Department. All right. And when I say he's with the Parks Department, I mean for the last two years that I've known him, he's essentially been in a volunteer capacity. But he's been over an entire section of the parks department. I'm not going to say which county, which right. part of the county, because that right. you know right. probably happened. Right. But you know, for his part of the county, for the last two years, he's been taking care of all the mowing, taking care of raking all the fields, wow. fundraising to have new grass and turf and everything planned like that. He's been doing that all on his own, with no help from the parks department. He's had to fundraise everything for the upkeep of these fields in his part of the county. And the issue is that he's not the only one. They have these other appointed volunteers in other parts of the county that are doing the same thing. And I think that is just a gross underinvestment of our kids, man. I mean, we should have kids, like, why are we not putting money and having our, in the facilities to have our kids out playing ball in the summers? Right. I mean, I did that when I was a kid. That was one of the greatest experiences of my life was playing rec ball in Greenville. And we can't even we can't put any money into that in the well, parks department. It's just a gross hierarchy 
with the parks department with a few people at the top yeah a lot of money and expecting people at the bottom to maintain the fields and the programs for free well, it's, it's a big issue it's, it's on my radar i uh it's nothing that i've that i've published or, or done yet but uh Certainly what's going on, uh, it was exposed, uh, I think, uh, probably about a year and a half ago. Uh, I'm the one that uh, talked about the rugby park. Uh, yep. It was a park that the county had been given. Uh, the, county had, uh, um, the county had given the rugby park the property, and the rugby park put millions of dollars into it, and yep. then the county then wanted it back. And, uh, yep. and ultimately, you know, um, I had some misinformation I immediately corrected it. Uh, both entities got together, and now they're they're kind of working together. But it's really, it was really almost a robbery uh, of of where an organization had been doing the work and had put in millions of dollars into the park, and then the county just come in and took it from them. And yeah. uh, it looks like looks like some of that may still be going on. Uh, nothing yeah. that I want to talk about now, because. Uh, I'm still I'm still digging into it. Well, where can uh, folks find you on the web and on Facebook uh, if they yeah. want more information about Dylan Early? Yeah, I'm on all the social media platforms. I'm on Twitter at Elect Dylan E, Facebook and Instagram at Elect Dylan Early, and of course the website is www.electdylanearly.com. And of course, if anybody wants to reach me directly, uh, you can shoot me an email at electdylanearly at gmail.com. You know, 99% of the time, I'm the one answering that, responding to folks, and I would love to hear from you. Very good. So, folks, that's uh, Elect Dylan Early. That's D-Y-L-A-N-E-A-R-L-E-Y, Elect Dylan Early. Um, well, we will definitely be having you on again, uh, obviously, before August the 4th, and uh, we'll be uh, we'll be watching you, and we'll be keeping up with you. And uh, thanks for being here on the Brian Hornback Experience, Dylan. Yeah, absolutely, Brian. I appreciate you having me. Thank you, sir.